With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of Be Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, and we are live now from Jupiter, Florida, here on Monday, February 22nd. The first day of full squad workouts for your St. Louis Cardinals. And I got to admit, it's a little bit different out here. Different than it has been the past couple of years that I've covered spring training. This will be my third season. Today was my third first day of full squad workouts, if you will. But definitely different down here due to the COVID protocols. Not quite as much access as we've had in the past. But you know, that's just going to have to be the way things are for this year. Hopefully next season... 12 calendar months from now, we'll be able to have maybe a different story, be further along in the process of combating this virus. But you know what? The sunburns are still real. You still need sunscreen down here. The way it went this morning, uh, still have a lot going on with Zoom, and we'll play a couple of clips for you guys. In today's episode, we spoke to Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager, as well as the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, and one of the players... Now we got a chance to speak to, now it's the second time I believe that he's had Zoom availability. That's newest Cardinal, Nolan Arenado. We're going to talk a little bit about his integration into the club as he has now seen his first day of full squad workouts in the books and he is well on his way to feeling at home with the St. Louis Cardinals. But because of the distancing and the limitations on media access, didn't have quite as good of a look at some of the up-close and personal aspects of spring training this morning actually spent a lot of time kind of lingering beyond the outfield wall of one of the backfields and as of today anyway they were allowing for fans to be over there but there was just a a smattering of a few fans during batting practice had some people beyond the left field wall of one of the backfields during Luke and Baker's batting practice because he can hit them a long way and I remember last year I believe on this same field there were some vehicles parked in the grass beyond the outfield wall and Definitely, he's a guy who's a threat to hit some of those vehicles, but not a whole lot going on as far as fans, certainly not what it usually is, Uh, and so my recommendation would be if you're thinking about still coming down uh, for the the backfield action during spring training, I know Roger Dean is selling tickets to some of the games, to all the games uh, that they'll have there, and so fans might still be planning on making their way from St. Louis. As far as the backfield situation goes, Today, they didn't restrict it at all, but there also weren't that many people there, so I don't wonder. I do wonder if uh, the the fans were to start showing up in larger numbers that they might have somebody out there to kind of discourage that kind of action. But we'll see as uh, the week goes along, as they get a little bit more into tune with their protocols and things of that nature, what it looks like. But you can certainly follow along on Twitter at bshafer12 for everything that I am able to get. Today, some of the shots were from a little bit of a distance, but... As we move along, certainly more insight and information to be coming through that feed at bshafer 12 And once again, make sure to give a subscription to the podcast, Shafe Daily. You can do so at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of the major hubs. 
you will find B-Shafe daily there. Just put it in your search bar, and you can hit us up on anchor.fm slash bshafer12 if you really want to have a list of all the available outlets where you can find the podcast. They'll compile that for you there, anchor.fm slash bshafer12. But let's get into it, the meat of the day. Uh, A couple of the storylines that I think are are biggest coming into spring training. Obviously, one of them, Nolan Arenado. You'll hear from him just a little bit uh, as we talk about his first day with the Cardinals in spring camp. But to me, I think, and this is something I've talked about already on the podcast this spring, uh, before spring training really got underway, I think it's going to be one of the major storylines to follow. Certainly, you wonder who's going to be in the starting rotation. You've got probably six or seven, maybe a couple more names on the periphery of that conversation that are going to have to be considered as spring goes along. And we'll be able to tell based on who's getting starts, who's getting built up for bulk innings. Uh, Mike Schild has said, you, you know, because of the limitations on how many games they actually get to play, there's only 24 scheduled, I believe is the number. Definitely more off days than they've had in past spring trainings. Uh, that's just because they're going with the pod system. The Cardinals are only playing the local teams that are local to the Jupiter area. So that's the West Palm teams and the Astros and the Nationals. You've got the Mets up at Port St. Lucie, and you've got the Marlins that share the facility at Roger Dean with the Cardinals. And so because of that, there just aren't going to be as many opportunities for innings, as many opportunities to start Grapefruit League games for some of these starting pitchers. And so you'll see guys mixed in in different ways. Schultz says, you know, that's not going to necessarily be a bearing on who's thriving in the starters competition. Guys can potentially see relief innings in kind of a bulk role during Grapefruit League games. It doesn't mean, you know, just because they didn't start doesn't mean that they're not going to be part of that competition and have a chance to make the rotation. And there's simulated games and B games that they can put together on the backfields to be able to get everybody ramped up that needs to be as far as starters go. And that's going to be a conversation as we move along. But to me, wrapping around the thought that I was heading toward, the outfield. I think that's going to be one of the biggest and most interesting competitions. You certainly have the names that you expect to be kind of in the quote-unquote starters roles. Dylan Carlson, definitely one of those names. Today, John Mozeliak was asked about Carlson. Would he see the bulk of his time maybe in right field, left field? Uh, Where would they end up putting him? Uh, Of course, you have Tyler O'Neill, who was a gold glover in left last season. And you know, would they potentially move him to the other side now that Dexter Fowler is gone um, because Carlson would seem to profile well as a left fielder. But talking to John Mozeliak today, one of the elements that he mentioned and, and agreed with the concept that a lot of these guys in this outfield mix, which let's go ahead and name the group of players that we're talking about, all guys in their 20s, all guys who are hung- The way I phrased it today in a question to Mozeliak, all guys who are hungry for more opportunity. You know, I think it would be a little bit of a slight to Harrison Bader to say that he's not already a guy who's established at the major league level uh, because he's been around for several years now. He's far enough into his major league career that he's uh, into the salary arbitration process, earning a couple of million dollars this year for his salary in the first year of being eligible for that process. And so he's been around. It's not like he's a he's still a young guy, but it's not like he's a fresh new player. But I would still describe Bader as a guy who's hungry for more because he wants to be seen as, you know, not just seen as an everyday guy because I think he sees himself that way, but he wants to be a guy that's getting everyday at-bats. You know, with the competition they have in this camp, that's not necessarily going to be the case. But if he performs, uh, especially on on the offensive side of things, he's going to get opportunities uh, when when you get to the regular season because they love what he brings defensively, and he's got the opportunity to really continue 
as he grows to make center field his spot in St. Louis for a long time to come. But that doesn't mean he's not still hungry right now for opportunities because when you look at the the number of games he's played and the number of at-bats each year, he hasn't really established himself as, yes, he's playing 160 games, 158 games until he needs a break. He's going to be out there in center field. There's still some platoon elements. There are still some some days that Harrison Bader uh, stretches throughout the season, doesn't play as frequently. So I, I think it's perfectly fair to describe him as a guy hungry for more opportunity. I mentioned Carlson. He's going to have those chances to play and to the question of whether he'd play in right or left. It sounds like right field is probably going to be where he gets more opportunities. Uh, seems like, it, at least based on the way Mosellock answered the question today, uh, Tyler O'Neill still going to be in left field for the most part. Uh, but the thing that they like about these guys is you can play most of them in, in different positions. And I'll play you a clip from John Mosellock here in a, just a minute that kind of describes that feeling about the way this outfield sets up for the Cardinals. But when you look at O'Neill, he's a guy that offensively recognizes, and he talked today on the Zoom, needs to take a step forward. He needs to be able to be more consistent in what he does at the plate. But certainly out in the field, left field is a spot for him, a spot that they like him, a spot where the metrics like him because he earned the gold glove at that position last year. You've got Carlson, and then you've got some of the other guys that the team is definitely, you know, high on, wants to see them get opportunities, and Lane Thomas and Justin Williams. Uh, and you can kind of factor Austin Dean into that talk a little bit, but when Mosellock today mentioned the group, he mentioned them as a group of five. So I believe he's kind of uh, counting Williams and Lane Thomas as four and five within that group. Uh, and certainly, you know, so you've got the guys that are that are pegged for starting positions, quote-unquote, O'Neal, Bader, and Dylan Carlson. But I, I definitely think these other two guys in Williams – and Lane Thomas are going to have opportunities. A lot of these guys, younger, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, you don't have the veteran like a Dexter Fowler in this group anymore to be able to kind of tie up some of that playing time. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how things shake out. But right now I'm going to go ahead and play it for you. Uh, John Mosellock answering a question and then kind of a follow-up question that I had about this outfield as they head into uh, spring training 2021. You know, it's always hard to, to get into side someone's had and, and – try to understand what they're thinking about or, or what's motivating them. But, you know, the one thing I would, if I were sitting down talking to those five, I'd say this is a great opportunity. You know, we, we've cleared the deck for you. You know, try to take advantage of it. Um, this is something that we've been thinking about and trying to do, and we were able to accomplish that. And so now I think for them it should just be like, you know, They've, they've moved some things for us, and so let's take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, I hope to connect with that group um, over, over uh, the next few days at some point and, you know, just let them know that, that I see what they're looking at and what they should see is, is opportunity. And, you know, from a player standpoint, that's one of the things you most covet, and, and so hopefully they take advantage of it. Do you like that the puzzle pieces can kind of fit a lot of different ways because of the versatility in that group, too? You know, it's an athletic group. Um, fact is, I mean, four out of five could play center field, which is, yeah, that's very helpful. Um, and, and so from that standpoint, yeah, of course. You know, and I also think, like, you know, the, the, there, there's some unique power in that group, too. So there's, there's a lot to be excited about. I think it just simply comes down to giving them that chance to go play. So that was Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, earlier Monday 
speaking via Zoom about the competition in this outfield as the season approaches. And he said there's going to be competition among this group. It's not just these are the starters, Carlson, Bader, and O'Neill. Sure, those guys might be kind of viewed as the incumbents because of the fact that Justin Williams didn't really get much time at all last year. Just kind of had a cup of coffee with the team during last summer. And Lane Thomas had COVID, didn't play well. And because of that, it wasn't like he was banging on the door for more opportunities. But I think the Cardinals understand that where he was last season is uh, hopefully not going to be where they expect him to be this season. There will definitely be an expectation that you'll need to perform to be able to earn more of those opportunities. But I I think it's a group that when you listen to Mosellock talk about it, he's right. Pretty much I think everybody except for Justin Williams in their estimation has the ability to play center field, which means if you can play center field, you can pretty well play left or right. And so I think that's going to put the Cardinals in an advantageous position that they don't have to worry about uh, okay, we want to get this bat in the lineup, but we can only put this guy in left field and that other guy plays left field, so we're not going to be able to start him today. Maybe we can do this and that. It's going to be really whatever they do offensively, that production, I think, is going to play. And it doesn't have to be the guys that start April 1st end up being the guys that are that are playing the most on June 1st or August 1st. I think you're going to see as this season develops There's going to be opportunities for the Cardinals to pick their spots a little bit with each of these guys. And it's going to kind of be a situation where, depending on who has the hot hand, uh, they'll be able to ride that guy for a little bit of time, be able to see what these guys can all do production-wise at this level. We've talked about, look, some of these guys may not be on the roster 12 months from now because you have decisions to make. You have options that are running out. You might not be able to send these guys to the minors to get regular playing time in in some of the cases as we progress toward 2022, 2023. And so eventually you want to make the decisions about, all right, if we've got five guys in this group, could maybe three of them be our core outfielders for the next five years? Or maybe you like one of those guys in addition to the three to, to retain as your fourth outfielder. But natural progression of player movement and transactions, maybe with within this year you could see one of those guys made available in a trade if, if you get toward the July deadline and the team sees something they like. Or perhaps it's in the offseason. Or perhaps, I mean, w- with the way injuries go, maybe one of these guys, two of these guys gets hurt throughout the summer. That makes it kind of obvious who your other three are going to be that are that are playing the bulk of the time and if they have success you're not going to necessarily dump a guy because of his getting injured depending on the length of uh the the injured list stint that they that they would potentially endure and so that would be another avenue toward keeping all of these guys um but i think the cardinals this year with everybody healthy are going to be able to to really learn a lot about the internal options and then when you look to next year the money that's coming off the books potentially is matt carpenter is andrew miller is Dexter Fowler because they're still paying him to play for the Angels this year. And and John Mozeliak alluded to that, saying, hey, we've cleared the deck for you guys. And what he's talking about is the the trade of Fowler. Whether it was more driven by Fowler wanting to be somewhere where he knew he was going to play, or Mozeliak saying, well, look, because of the fact that we don't think Dexter is going to get as much opportunity here as he has in the past because we're looking at these young guys and wanting to implement them and incorporate them more than we have in other seasons – it's going to make sense to move Fowler, and so I think it's a deal where both sides uh, agree that it's time to move on. He did have the no-trade no clause and was was more than willing to be moved to somewhere he, he thought he could have a better opportunity. And so that's basically John Mozeliak, whether he's said it to these guys in person yet or not. He says he hopes he'll get to meet with them here shortly throughout spring training. 
Whether he said it to them yet or not, he's basically saying to them with that trade, look, here it is. Here's the, the, the golden opportunity that uh, this group has been uh, craving. We've, we've, we've opened up another spot that certainly was going to be filled uh, the majority of the time, at least has been in past seasons, by Dexter Fowler. Now that's available too. So it's pretty much a free-for-all as far as the Cardinals outfield is concerned. Cannot wait to see, A, where some of these guys are batting in the lineups, who's getting the starts when when the Grapefruit League uh, kicks off on uh, Sunday, really just six days away, I believe, is the first game on February 28th. And so going to be interesting to see how they're utilized by manager Mike Schilt as this competition ramps up. Enough about the outfield, though, for today. It'll certainly be a topic that we'll discuss throughout spring training. But let's get into Nolan Arenado a little bit. Didn't get to see a whole lot of him. He obviously took batting practice and did so in a group with some veterans of the team, Matt Carpenter, Paul Goldschmidt, among that group. And it just got me thinking a little bit. When you when you look at the, the way this Cardinals team is constructed, offensively, Arenado is going to make a big difference. He's going to be, be a ginormous addition for what the Cardinals are able to do, provided that his shoulder is healthy. He definitely was banged up a little bit last year when his OPS dropped into the mid-700s. Not anything that he's really experienced at other times in his career, that low of an offensive output, which is still about league average. It's not like he was horrible, but where he normally is is in, you know, that upper 800s, 900s as far as OPS is concerned. Uh, That's where, I you know, I would think the Cardinals would expect him to be around that 900 mark if you look at his career norms and what he's been able to produce. Uh, But certainly with the shortened season last year, it's easier to to go on a run where you have a slump and then you don't get the opportunity to have enough games be played like you normally would with 162 to come out of that slump as you get months and months into the season. It was just more of a sprint last year, and so I think you see around the league a lot of guys. Uh, another one that comes to mind to me is Josh Bell. The Pirates traded their first baseman to the Nationals. He's been a really quality player in previous seasons. Last year just didn't have quite the numbers. Maybe didn't have an opportunity, though, to dig himself out of the hole that he he would have been able to find as a normal season progressed. So when it comes to Arenado, certainly offensively, he's going to be a big part of what the Cardinals do. But I just can't help but think of how the Cardinals are constructed with a pitching staff built built with depth, built to win, built to compete, not only in the rotation, but in the bullpen with a lot of firepower. Uh, a lot of those guys, talking about Gallegos, Helsley, Alex Reyes, uh, had a bunch of those guys in the same throwing group today. And so uh, Mike Schultz said, basically, welcome to camp if you're one of those hitters that had to face that group today uh, because it was just one after another. I believe they had Tyler O'Neill uh, and some of the other outfielders in that group, which kind of makes for an interesting narrative to say, hey, you know, they make this schedule. They're able to to line guys up against uh, the, the, the pitchers and hitters who they want to see them face. And whether it's, you know, it's done intentionally, whether it's done for our sake for the narrative, I don't know about all that, but uh, it's it's something that Mike Schilt addressed this morning when he was asked about it. He said, you know, that's that's the group we've got going uh, in one hitting group versus one pitching group, and we kind of had to do a little bit of sleuthing looking at the schedule to figure out who would be the hitters actually facing that group. But when you find out that some of those outfielders are in that in that group for hitting, it kind of just stands to reason that you say, okay, look, Cardinals know that they've got some of their best bullpen arms all in the same group, and they're wanting to see how guys in this outfield competition are going to respond. So I thought that was kind of interesting right off the bat this morning. But specific to the addition of Arenado, I just got to thinking about how great that defense, not just on the infield, but with the athleticism that Moselak discussed 
in the outfield group, almost no matter who you have out there, you're going to have quality athletes that can play above average defense, plus defense at really any position. The fact that this infield has Paul Goldschmidt on one corner, Nolan Arenado on another, Yachty and the experience that he has behind the plate, uh, Paul DeYoung is going to be your primary shortstop. Not a gold glover at this point in time. The other three are and have been, uh, but a finalist a couple years ago at the shortstop position was Paul DeYoung. And then at second base, kind of a little bit of a touchy subject. You're not going to go ahead and declare uh, Tommy Edmond as the starter at that position. He could certainly play some outfield. Uh, he could move around and, and give guys a blow where they need it elsewhere on the infield uh, throughout the season. Uh, but, but Matt Carpenter is is a guy looming there, has a prior existing relationship with Nolan Arenado. So where does he wind up as far as the defensive alignment if his bat dictates his inclusion into the batting order. So all those things are kind of floating around, but certainly when you look at the defense that this team possesses on paper, and then within the last couple of days, Nolan Arenado has gotten the chance to kind of see on the field, led to me asking him about that today on the Zoom, and here was his answer. He kind of went into a little bit more uh, broad detail about generalities about where this team is in general but certainly the defense is one element that he kept coming back to today during the zoom meeting here was nolan arenado on monday yeah i mean it's been really great um obviously we have a great defense great outfield and then we have some really good pitching so that's going to carry us a long way you know obviously the offense is like the offense side we got to obviously be better and you know help the team win but i mean we got some great defense and i'm really excited for that i mean that's how we're going to Pull some great wins off, and uh, it's going to carry us. But, you know, we have, like I said, we have great pitching. I think we're going to have the timely hitting, and hopefully that can help the lineup a little bit. But, like I said, this defense is pretty good. I mean, taking ground balls with all of them, they all look fundamentally sound, and they move well, and it's been really nice to see. So that was Arnano giving kind of the rundown on the way he sees the Cardinals entering spring training. And he talked about today, you know, just kind of it's the integration process for him. It's a new feeling that he hasn't had to experience in quite a while because he was with Colorado for so long he was kind of you know the 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 core of that franchise anybody that was was coming in he would develop that relationship with that player and got to where over time he knew everybody and everybody knew him you know when you go to Colorado that Nolan Arenado would be there and and that would be you know one of your, your your core teammates now he's coming into a situation where a lot of the other guys know each other, but he only maybe has pre-existing relationships with a, a couple different players. And so the way the Cardinals have this set up this season, this spring, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, rather than eating in the clubhouse, rather than spending a lot of your free time in there, sitting at the, the big tables in the middle of the room, doing your daily crossword puzzle or whatever it is, just kind of shooting the breeze, they've got a lot of tents that are set up. It's like a tent city. and that's where a lot of the guys are doing their eating, having their meals, kind of the camaraderie time that you would normally have the benefit of, you know, enjoying behind closed doors in the film room, in the in the clubhouse, within the the, the facility. In, it would be indoors. It'd all be in the buildings, uh, and so kind of interesting the way the natural setup of those those rooms and those buildings uh, allow for you to interact with the players whose lockers are next to yours or they're stationed on the same side of the room as you. That's really not the way a lot of these interactions are going to happen this year because they're trying to minimize the amount of uh, exposure basically indoors when you have a lot of guys in the same room. And so with these outdoor tents, that's kind of where these relationships are being built, definitely under different circumstances. But 
Based on the way Nolan Arenado discussed it today, certainly seems to be something that's going along well as he's kind of uh, getting to know his teammates, getting to know a whole group of people uh, for the first time. So that's kind of the breakdown of the way the first day of camp for the Cardinals went. Make sure that if I've got things I'm not discussing but you'd like to hear about them, Drop us a message. You can do a voicemail at anchor.fm slash bshafer12 slash message. Record your voice asking what you would like to hear discussed on the episodes coming up throughout spring training. I'm going to be here for the next couple few weeks, so definitely going to have uh, consistent content for you guys. Coming your way here at Bshafe Daily, and also make sure to check out my feed, whether it's on Twitter or you go find my written work at kmov.com slash sports. All my Cardinals articles of course, we'll show up there, and I'll pump them out on Twitter and Facebook. I'm bshafer12 anywhere you can want to find me, um, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Appreciate you guys for joining me for this first episode live from Jupiter, Florida. Won't obviously be live by the time you listen to it, but I'll do my best here with a busy schedule throughout the days uh, to pump out these podcasts as early in the day as I possibly can so that you can listen to them in the evening or perhaps the next morning to catch up on all of yesterday's happenings at Cardinals camp. Appreciate you guys once again for joining me for this episode, and we will talk to you tomorrow from Jupiter, Florida.